the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. In steadfast obedience to God's call upon his life, Pastor Rander continues to challenge us with stimulating questions that we must answer if we are to live a committed, God-filled life. We cannot reach our full potential short of giving God, rather than this world, our very best. The only way we can maximize our God-given capacity is to walk by faith at all times and in all things. God's Word tells us that we must look to the hills for help. Where does our help come from? It comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. Thank you for joining us today. As you listen in, you'll want to take notes. So keep pen and paper handy. We, we, we went to the University of Houston to see J. Vernon McGee. How many of y'all know J. Vernon McGee? Look, look at all the hands that goes up. You know, it's, you know, he's been with the Lord a long time, but they market his products and his teachings so well, you think he's actually here today. That's what he, he really exemplifies and his do follow him. And uh, so uh, that was our one and only time we saw uh, J. Vernon McGee because we were listening to his ministry, enjoyed his teaching ministry. And as we were there at this banquet at the University of Houston, we sat across uh, across the table from us was this white lady. And uh, she was, she looked like she was in her 60s or something at the time. And we were just in our 20s. And we had a conversation with her. And we could barely talk because of how she handled herself, her demeanor, her aura, um, her sense of godness. It, it, it was just, uh, it, it, the spirit of God just emanated all over that woman. We don't know her name to this day, and yet we oftentimes, you know, from time to time, we'll reference that lady without even knowing her name. But we knew one thing about that lady. She had been with Jesus. Can people say that about you? Now, people are not going to take note of your argumentative. They're not going to take note of you, that you've been with Jesus. You got to have the last word. You got to have the last say or your attitude stinky. They're not going to notice that. But when you align your life on the word of God and allow him to speak through you, and say no more, no less than what God has ordained you to say, people will be drawn to you because they know when you talk, you have a word from the Lord and you're not just lollygagging around and you're just not talking to be talking. Your speech has a spiritual punch. It has a way of arresting people. It has a way of... um, of just blessing people. When they leave you, they say, oh, she left too soon. He left too soon. I wish he could have stayed two more hours. I enjoyed his presence so much. I can't wait to talk to him again. Now, that's the way you want to be this year. The thing you need to say this year is, Lord, make me attractive for your glory. 
God just gave me that to say. It's not written, but he just gave me, make me attractive. Not, I ain't talking about with rings and rags on and shoes and all that. Just make me attractive. I, Lord, I don't, I don't want folk to see me. I don't want folks to see how well I can talk or how much I have and, I, and not all of that. I just want folk to see that I've been with Jesus. Make me attractive to you for your glory. Number three, what makes being still before the Lord so valuable is that it produces self-discipline. When you get still, God will discipline you. Some of you are all over the place, and you can use a good dose of discipline in your life. 1 Corinthians 9.27a says, but I discipline my body and keep it under control. You know you are maturing in your self-discipline when you practice doing the hardest thing first. Usually if something is hard and challenging, we'll put up what I get in next week. Some of y'all, five years ago, you're still trying to clean out the garage, the attic. You're still trying to paint the house. You're still trying to get through that book of 20 pages. (laughs) You finally caught on, huh? Okay. You know you're maturing in your self-discipline when you practice doing the hardest things first. When you are still in the presence of God, he reveals areas in your life that need to be brought under the control of the Holy Spirit so that you will be productive. When you are disciplined before God and you are under the control of the Holy Spirit, he makes your life more fruitful and successful where God has gifted you and called you to serve. When you are in your place of ministry, in your place of service, in your place of giftedness, you do your best work as unto the Lord. Some things in your life cannot be overcome until they are brought under the Holy Spirit's control. What needs to be, this is our season of fasting and prayer. What needs to be, some of these things need to go on your, your sheet that you can be adding down, right, writing down right now. What, some, what are some of the things that need to be brought under control, even during his fasting and prayer time? Uh, maybe it's, it's sweets and overeating, loading your plate up too much, and then always asking for seconds and wonder why you're so large. Perhaps it's alcohol. Perhaps it's tobacco. Perhaps it's drugs that need to be brought under control. And, and not all drugs, they are not all illegal. Sometimes it's legal drugs that can do us in too. Perhaps it's your anger. Every, you stay angry, you pout, you get sullen, you won't have talk, you look cross-eyed, and folks know something wrong with you. They get the pe- message, now get over it. Uh, some of you need to put bitterness down for God to conquer that in your life. What about a controlling spirit that needs to be conquered during this that you need victory over during this 40 days of fasting and prayer. It could be technology, video games, the cell phone has become an addiction, texting, social media, sports. You go from one flick of the television to another. You've you got this, these big screens and surround sound. It's fine to have all that, but you need to know how to pull out of that or, or know how to restrict yourself. Some of you, you live on movies. You watch all kinds of movies. Too many movies in your life. Some of you is reality shows. 
Believe me, some things cannot be overcome except through fasting and prayer. You say, I didn't call yours, then you add it down to your list. Number four, when you are still before the Lord, you, you will not fight battles that God has not authorized you to fight. Now, that's a big one. When you are still before the Lord, you will not fight battles that God has not authorized you to fight. Exodus chapter 14, verse 14 says, the Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. Now, some of y'all are fight before you become a peacemaker. The Bible says in uh, Matthew 5, blessed are the peacemakers, <laughs> for they shall be called the children of God. Some of you like to start fights or be in on a fight. And some of you fight, don't even know what you're fighting about. You're fighting because you just want to fight. You're a fighter. Beloved, every battle is not yours to fight. And you'll be wise beyond your days if you know what to leave alone. You lose time, energy, money. You lose peace, your joy, and victory when you fight the wrong battles. There are certain battles God wants you to leave alone so that he can fight them for you because he fights in a way that you cannot. In Exodus chapters 7, 8, and 9, God fought for Israel by bringing judgments, plagues, and pestilence upon Pharaoh and all of Egypt That man was a hard, rebellious sinner. He was a pagan. He was mean. He was arrogant. So hard that God sent through Moses the plague of frogs. That didn't soften him. Lice. Can you imagine your whole land full of lice and lice all in your skin, all in your hair? crawling in your ear, around your back of your head, lice, hell, boil, one boil. Have, have any of you ever had a boil, just one boil that drove you crazy that had to be lanced? And then you had to, it needs to be squeezed and you trying to touch it and try, you scared to squeeze. You know it's going to hurt. And you're the doctor. I remember I had a boil one time and that, that doctor, you got to, as a doctor, I was so glad it wasn't no cussing in me. Because it sure would have come <laughs> I just said, doctor! <laughs> I still remember that. Somebody's with me. Y'all, y'all, y'all body ain't been that perfect. Y'all, got, y'all bodies haven't been that perfect. Doctor! I remember that's what I said. That hurts. That's what hurt. He just kept right on matching and squeezing. Got to get it all out. That's one boy. Boils all over your head, feet, back, buttocks, stomach, chest, neck, face. Wouldn't soften his heart. Darkness made it so dark. You didn't even know what time it was. You ever had darkness so thick you couldn't see it? I remember I was in Greenwood, Louisiana, my parents in that area grew up and I was walking through the trails 
down in a deep country, and I was just walking real close to those who were familiar with walking those trails. I was about 12, 13. And then all of a sudden, my hand and my body hit something solid. And it said, move. And I just almost jumped out of my pants. That big old cow was in the way. You know, it is dark down there when the sun is not shining. Y'all know how it gets in the country. I mean, it is dark. And I hit that cow and I almost had a heart attack. It was just that dark. Darkness. He wouldn't repent. As what? Killing of livestock. Diseases. Turning your water into blood. Water everywhere. You got a bottle of water near you now and you look at it, it's blood. And finally what broke him was the killing of the firstborn. When his firstborn child died, that broke him. While Israel, while he was spending, and Egypt was experiencing all of those plagues and pestilence. And that's what this is today, y'all. These viruses and mutating viruses, they're, they're plagues. That's exactly what they are. They are plagues. And, and, and you know what? And they're hanging around. And they've been around really too long, but God's going to keep them around till we get the message, especially the church of the living God. God said, until you learn to repent, don't don't be a Pharaoh. You better get on your knees. You better cry out to God. And when enough people of God get to crying out and being serious about God and laying aside sin and getting closer to God, God said, now I know you mean business. Then he begins to lighten up. God is not waiting on the, the president. He's not waiting on those officials up there. He's waiting on his church. The church can be, is supposed to be the catalyst. And when we, we humble ourselves, then God begins to move in light of what his church is doing. But I really believe today that you don't believe, for a lot of you, that the church is essential. Now, specs is essential. Costco is essential. Walmart is essential. You get your fingernails done, that's essential. PetSmart is essential. Everything is essential. You go get a massage, that's essential. Relax my muscles and they pack. I mean, pack. Just pack. When you come to the Lord, you're, oh, Corona is on the backside of the auditorium of Maranatha. I serve notice to you today. If God doesn't keep you, you won't be kept. That mask is not keeping you. Now go on and wear it. Be wise. The mask is not keeping you. You, 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 you get, listen, I've had shot. I had another shot. I had booster. I had flu shot. I had pneumonia shot. I had shingle shot. I'm shot up. I'm tired of getting stuck. (laughs) And I can get Corona just as big. But you know what? I don't pray. I'm not looking for it. But if I got it, God knows how to keep me. Let me let me just help you all for those of you who are a little fret, but particularly you you who are out there uh, in in, uh, radio land and YouTube and all that. I want to I'm going to calm your spirit. You cannot leave this world until your assignment on this earth is done. 
God's not through with you. You get, you may get Corona. You may suffer. You may, now when your time's up, he can use Corona to take you out here, but it don't have to be Corona. It can be cancer. It, it, it can be some other debilitating disease. It can be any, you can just, you can just, um, have sleep apnea and can't catch your breath and die. It don't have to be, everybody times like that. Is it Corona? Is it Corona? It don't have to be Corona. You just die. I'm trying to calm you down. You cannot leave this world until your divine assignment from the Lord is up. Unless you do something silly like suicide or you go out there and go jump off a cliff and ask an angel to catch you, then you ought to die. <laughs> I'm not talking about being foolish. I'm talking about being wise, being wise. And all of this was happening in the land of Egypt while down in Goshen, Israel was dwelling unscathed by the plagues because of the protective hand of God fighting on her behalf. Like Pharaoh, you will reap tumultuous judgment from Almighty God if you harden your heart in rebellion against him. You are fighting a losing battle if you attempt to fight against Almighty God. You fight against God, you're going to lose every time. Therefore, choose your battles prayerfully, wisely, and allow God to fight them for you. Number five. Being still before the Lord is so valuable because it ushers in a spirit of joy. Being still before the Lord is so valuable because it ushers in a spirit of joy. Psalm 1611b says, in your presence is fullness of joy at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Now, the value of being still in the presence of the Lord is that he renews your joy. Those who bask in the presence of God are joyful saints. Where there is an absence of joy, there will be discontentment. Where there is an absence of joy, there will be fear. Where there is an absence of joy, there will be anxiety. Where there is an absence of joy, there will be frustration. Where there is an absence of joy, there will be restlessness. Only those who practice being still before the Lord will experience God's rest. Only those who bask in the presence of God will experience God's inner peace as well as inner joy. Say inner joy. Some of you, the, 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 the year is just about eight, eight, eight days old. And some of y'all just as mean and mad and cranky already. Right, what's wrong with you? God didn't bring you into this year to put your kind of, that kind of disposition on display. Are you crazy spiritually? Those who are filled with the joy of the Lord have an inner longing to be in his presence. Be mindful. Why should God answer your prayers and reveal his will for your life if you are not enjoying him? Think about it. Why should God answer? Oh, God, do this. Oh, God, God said, wait a minute. You won't do nothing for me. 
You won't give. You won't tithe. You come in late. You come in with an entitlement mentality and then think, I'm going to answer your prayers. He said, wait a minute. Align your life to the word of God and get over yourself. Joy. Say joy. Say inner joy. Say inner joy again. How do I restore the joy of the Lord in my life? He's right a point of this down. Not only do you need it, somebody around you that you know need it, somebody out of town that you're relative with, a friend, a sorrow, a frat, or whatever, need it. maybe you need it. We all can use it. How do I restore the joy of the Lord in my life? A, there is no joy without the assurance of your salvation. There is no joy without the assurance of your salvation. First John 5, 11 through 13 says, and this is a testimony that God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his son. He who has the son has life. He who does not have the son of God does not have life. In other words, you have God, the life of God living in your, in your soul, Jesus living in your soul, you have life. If you don't have Jesus living in your soul, you don't have life. That's what the scripture says. Verse 13, these things I have written to you. From where? The book of God, the law of God, the canon of scripture. I have written to you who believe in the name of the son of God. Who's the son of God? Jesus is the Messiah. That you may know, underline that note. God wants you to know you are saved. That you may have eternal life. Not doubt it, know it. And that you may continue to believe in the name of the son of God. A continuous, ongoing believing in Jesus as the Son of God, that that He is Savior, Redeemer, and Lord. You don't believe Jesus is Lord today and not tomorrow, Redeemer today and not tomorrow. You keep on hoping, keep on believing. B. Pray and ask the Lord to restore the joy of your salvation. How do I restore the joy of the Lord in my life? Pray and ask the Lord. Ask, Lord, I'm lacking joy. My family can see it. My children can see it. My siblings can see it. My coworkers can see it. The members of the church can see it. Pray and ask God to restore the joy of your salvation. Psalms 51:12a says, restore to me the joy of your salvation. Restore it, Lord. See? Restoration of joy comes through confession of sin. Don't expect joy while living in sin. Restoration of joy comes through confession of sin. Uh, Psalms 32, 5 says, I acknowledge my sin to you and I did not cover my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions, S on it, because I got more than one, to the Lord and you forgive the iniquity of my sin. Once you deal with the sin factor in your life, then the joy comes. D, genuine joy only comes to those who live in pursuit of Christ instead of the things of this world. Genuine joy comes to those who live in pursuit of Christ instead of the things of this world. First John 2, 15a says, do not love the world or the things in the world. Beloved, if you attempt to seek joy through money, you lose the money, your joy is just gone. You, you see joy through power, power comes and power goes. Position, popularity, prestige. Only time you can get joy is when the party is on or when you're at the club or when you're at the, 
around the bar having alcohol and a happy hour. That's no joke. Happy hour. I, I don't happy hour. Think how stupid that sounds. Let's go to happy hour. Are you going to happy hour? One hour up. Now you miserable again. That's short lived. And some of you seek joy through relationships. You invest all your time in a friend, a person, lifetime, this or that. Certain relationships and it goes south. And all of a sudden, you give up, throw in the towel, you're spiritually dry, in spiritual regression, disenchanted, and disillusioned. Because you put all your hopes and dreams in a particular person for whatever reason. And they let you down. And that's why God says, keep your eyes on Jesus. How do I restore the joy of the Lord in my life? Apart from forgiving those who have hurt or wronged you, there can be no joy. Apart from forgiving those who have hurt or wronged you, there can be no joy. Ephesians 4.32 says, be kind to one another. It didn't say be mean to one another. It didn't say avoid one another. Be kind to one another. Be compassionate. Even when they're wrong, be compassionate. Forgiving each other. If you can't forgive, it's going to affect you and imprison you. Just as God in Christ also has forgiven you, you forgive the other person regardless of what they have done. F, refuse to embrace or receive negative or hurtful words spoken about you from others. That'll steal your joy every time. Refuse to embrace or receive negative or hurtful words spoken about you from others. It's always somebody that's not going to like you. Always be, it's going to always be somebody going to talk behind your back. How you doing, sister so-and-so? Ooh, did you see her lipstick? It was all over her face. Refuse to embrace or receive negative or hurtful words spoken about you from others. We are not only to take captive every satanic thought that comes into our mind, but we are also to take captive every spoken word Every spoke that Satan through people uses through people for the purpose of destroying our peace. Now, Satan can Satan can come against our minds with satanic thoughts. And then Satan can use people to say some of the most damnable things about you and against you. That's right. And if you embrace it, it sets you back, gives you low self-esteem and steals your joy. Second Corinthians 10, 5b says, and we take captive every thought to make it obedience to Christ. And I love Ephesians 6, 16, which says, in addition to all this, take up the shield of faith. That's part of the armory with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Who's the evil one? The devil. Scripture tells us that in order to live according to God's plan for our lives, we must be steadfast and immovable always abounding in the work of the Lord. Know that our labor is not in vain in the Lord. It also tells us that we must forget our past and look toward those things that are ahead. In addition to the gift of a brand new year, God has given us the gifts of keeping the past where it belongs and looking to the present and the future, doing new things in him that shall spring forth. Isn't that good news? If you enjoyed this message and would like to hear more teachings by Pastor Rander, 
please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located in Converse, Texas. If you would like to make a special donation to support the radio ministry of Maranatha Bible Church, please visit our website at maranathasa.org. Select the Give option and choose the radio broadcast support fund. Thank you very much for your generosity. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.